This evening our study is going to be around James, the second chapter, verses 1 through 13. Beware of personal favoritism is the title that's been given to our lesson this evening. So let's begin there with the first verse. There Paul is, or James, excuse me, is uh, talking to the uh, 12 tribes that were scattered throughout uh, the world and this kind of, uh, the uh, book of James is kind of pointed towards the Jewish people. And uh, it seems as if that uh, they had some problems with uh, favoritism between rich and poor. And uh, so James has mentioned this in his letter uh, to the 12 tribes. And he says there, he said, my brethren, uh, do not hold uh the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with all partiality. So they couldn't hold the faith of Christ. You see, they couldn't consider themselves to be a Christian and to wear the name of Christ and then at the same time be partial in their judgment towards other people. So he says here that you're not to do that. So uh, this was... As we go on into our study, we'll see that uh, that this indeed that this is wrong according to God's holy word. And he said, "If there's come into you in an assembly a man with gold rings and in fine apparel, and there should come also in a poor man uh, in filthy clothes." <clears throat> so there are some men we know that are rich. There are some that are poor, and. Uh, Back during the time from what I've studied uh, in, the, in the time of Christ and the apostles, it didn't have a, a large middle class as we do today. But there were rich people, there were poor people, and very, I guess, uh, not too many in between. And the subject here that if a rich man was to come into the assembly and a poor man come into the assembly... And evidently in the past they had showed some favoritism, if you will, uh, favoring the man who had uh, the most mo had more money. And he says, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand here or sit here at my footstool. So they were showing uh, favoritism here, you see. They said to the rich man, he said, uh, uh, said oh, we want you to sit over here. And to the poor man, uh, they said, well, we want you to either sit here at my footstool or, uh, you know, go some, uh, sit here at my footstool or go stand over there. So we see here the, the favoritism that is showing. And uh, imagine in our assembly today if, if our... Uh, all of the seats were full, and there was uh, somebody came in, and uh, rich, dressed real fine and everything, and uh, uh, we would, uh, most likely one of us would try to show uh, hospitality. We would stand up and give our seat to somebody, and that would be the uh, hospitable thing to do. But imagine if somebody came in, and he was a street person, he comes in, off the street and he's uh, dirt, dirty clothes and doesn't look all of that neat, uh, would we do the same thing 
to that person? Would we stand up and give him our seat? Or would we tell him to go stand over there in a the corner, stand away from them? You see, one idea would be hospitable, and the way we would treat the poor man then, the street person, would be rude. And uh, so we can't hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot be a Christian, be hospitable to some people, and to be rude to others. So the, <clears throat> the lesson this evening is that we are not to show this type of favoritism. You know, when the Apostle Paul, uh, he charged Timothy, when he sent Timothy out to the, to the different churches to establish elders and to take the care of these churches, and this is what Paul told Timothy. He said, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. So, Timothy was told there that he was to do nothing uh, with partiality. So, um, again, is, is the thought here that we treat all equally. Showing partiality uh, can produce a, uh, some bad consequences, if you will. You know, when you go back into the Old Testament, into uh, Genesis, the 37th chapter there, <clears throat> We remember that story there of uh, Israel and his sons. And uh, in Genesis, the 37th chapter, verses 3 and 4, he said, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So sometimes uh, when we show partiality to one person or another, uh, this can cause some hard feelings, and there's many things that uh, can result from this type of uh, treatment of others. And in this case, it resulted in hatred. So we have to be very careful, whether it's a rich man or a poor man, whether it's uh, somebody that's black or white or whatever nationality, it really makes no difference to our Heavenly Father. And he, the idea in our lesson this evening, the thing that we are to learn is that we treat all men equally. You know, even in the uh, Declaration of Independence, you know, at the second paragraph, it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And the reason I believe that that's written in there is because our founding fathers, they realized they were uh, basing our country, the foundation of our country, on biblical principles that all men are created equal. And that is the attitude that we need to have today. <clears throat> in verse 4, <clears throat> said, Have you not shown partiality among yourselves? and become judges with evil thoughts. So they became judges with evil thoughts when they began to separate the rich and the poor. When they began to show favoritism, you see, he, uh, James says that you have become judges or you're making a judgment, you're making a difference between two men here, and he says it's evil thoughts. And when we uh, think of the word evil, one of the first things, you know, that 
uh, comes to our mind is of, of Satan himself being uh, evil, being malicious. And so when we th think then that that showing favoritism, that it's an evil thing to do, we can see how God looks down upon uh, men that, that show these differences uh, according to race or wealth or whatever. <clears throat> so we're to treat all men equally. So to be partial and to make distinctions then, uh, if it's an evil thought, you see, it's an insult to our Heavenly Father. In Job 34, verse 19, he said, Yet he is not partial to princes, nor does he, speaking here of our Heavenly Father, regard the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. So God has created all of us. Make, again, makes no difference, rich or poor, whether we're black or white whatever our nationality is, that God has created all men and it is God's intention that we treat all men equally, that we do not show this favoritism. <clears throat> you know, Jesus, when he, in the Matthew the ninth chapter, and uh, he had healed a man there and, and they, the, uh, the scribes, uh, they, they told Jesus there that uh, they accused him of blasphemy and Jesus made this remark to these people he said but Jesus knowing their thoughts said why do you think evil in your heart the reason I bring this verse up here is I want you to understand that evil thoughts you see these come from our hearts it's we have to change our hearts our hearts have to be such that we do not judge people uh, according to rich or poor or their nationality or whatever. But, uh, but we treat all men equally. So the evil thoughts here, they come from the heart. When the Apostle Paul was writing the letter on love in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, he said that it does not be in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, he said that uh, does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. So uh, when we have love as we're supposed to have for people, for all people, we then, we are not rude to some people and nice to other people. But the love that we have in our hearts uh, should prevent us from being rude. And it says there that he thinks no evil. So we don't have these evil thoughts then. If we have the love for men as we ought to have. Paul, to the church there at, uh, the, to the Colossians there in Colossians 1, verses 3 and 4, he said, We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. So the uh, Christians there, uh, the, the Colossians, uh, they had a love for all of the saints. They, they weren't prejudiced. And uh, so that's an important um, uh, precept for us to understand. In verse 5 <clears throat> uh, in James, the second chapter, he said, Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs to the king?" 
of the kingdom which he promised to them that love him. So God here made a distinction. And when you look at this, uh, you can see God was, uh, was partial there, wasn't he? He was making a distinction. But God does not judge people the way we judge people. God does not look at whether we're rich or poor or our nationality or race or these things. But what God looks at is what's in that person's heart. And he said uh, to these, the reason God has chosen the poor is because the poor chose him, you see. They were rich in faith, and, they, and as such, they became heirs to the, to the kingdom. And uh, he promised this to those that love him. So it is the people that are rich in faith, the people that love God, these are the people that God chooses because they have chose God. And uh, uh, so, so we need to learn, if you will, to uh, if we're going to uh, use judgment, uh, to look at the heart of a person, look at uh, do they love God, are they rich in faith, are they Christians, you know. And uh, this is the thing that separates people. It's not our uh, physical body that separates us, but uh, the thing that separates us is uh, whether we have, whether we're a Christian or not. And uh, that's that's the important thing. That's the the thing that uh, that is important to our salvation. There. So, uh, so God chose those that loved Him. The poor believed and obeyed the gospel commands of God. They chose God. And uh, God chose them in return. In Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 4 and 5. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ himself through according to the good pleasure of his will. So God chose us before the foundation of the world, uh, but he chose us to be a certain way, to be holy and without blame before him. So we can see how important it is to God, the type of a heart that we have. We don't want to have an evil heart where we just look at the, uh, the external features of someone, but God wants us to be holy without blame before him. He wants us to look to the to have a good heart, you see, that we uh, don't judge people unrighteously. In 2 Corinthians 8 and uh, verse 9, he said, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So, Jesus himself was not a rich man. He did not own a home. He didn't have uh, the fine clothes, all of the things that many people had. But uh, Jesus set an example for us today and uh, that uh, through his poverty, became, he became like us, just a normal, everyday human being, even though that he was God. And, and as such, Jesus set an example for us and and Jesus went to the poor. He went to all of those that uh, would listen to him, to, 
that uh, the thing that uh, that that Jesus noticed was uh, the people that would hear his gospel message and that they would uh, turn to him and listen to him to follow after his commands. So uh, God does make a distinction in people, but it's not based on our race or our income. In verses 6 and 7 of uh, James, the second chapter, he says, But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress and drag you into course? Do, not, uh, do they not blaspheme uh, that holy name by which you are called? So James here is trying to use some simple logic with the Jewish people here. He said that uh, you're giving precedent, you're giving honor to this rich man here in his example. And, uh, but the rich man, they're the ones that uh, have dishonored you. The uh, old King James says that they despised you and they looked down upon the Jewish people. And um, they insulted them. And uh, imagine how uh, degrading that uh, it would be that if we were in, in that position, that, uh, that we would be despised. He said that the rich oppress you. They ex- exercise power over these, uh, the Jewish people that he wrote this to. And he said they drag you into court. And from what I've understood in the past, that uh, the Sadducees, uh, they were mostly the the wealthiest of the Jewish people. And uh, they used the Sanhedrin Council uh, to sue those that were debtors, uh, that were indebted to them. And they would drag them into court and they blaspheme or they revile and they disrespect their honorable name of Christians. So James is trying to show them to uh, to take a look at this, you know, and say, these are what the rich people are doing to you, and you want to give them honor, you know. And when they stop and think about it, the, the, the logic of it is that they ought to realize how wrong that they were by doing that very thing. They, again, they insulted God. Proverbs 14 and verse 31. He said, He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he that honors him has mercy on the needy. So the the rich man, those that uh, oppress the poor, uh, they are insulting his maker. They're insulting our God, you see. And uh, and as such... uh, God uh, does not uh, look down upon these uh, favorably, but he says he who honors him that uh, honors God, if we honor God, he said we have mercy on the needy. So we can see him, then the thing that will impress our Heavenly Father is to, to show mercy uh, to those that need mercy and to, to judge that uh, to make a righteous judgment uh, with these people in uh, verse 8 and 9 of James the second chapter he said if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture ye shall love your neighbor as yourself you do well 
But if you show partiality, you commit sin, and you are convinced by the law as transgressors. So... In the, uh, so we have to we have a duty to uh, to fulfill the royal law the, the the law of our heavenly Father and we know that the royal law is that we are to love our heavenly Father uh, with all of our heart with all of our mind and so on and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves and uh, so if we do this then we do well. Uh, James here says, but if we show partiality, he says there that we commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. So we become guilty if we show partiality. And uh, kind of thinking of an example of this, uh, how to illustrate this. You know, in in our city here of Tulsa, we have uh, civic laws from the city we have laws from the state of Oklahoma. We have laws from the federal government. And imagine if we uh, uh, kept all of these laws. We didn't speed. We paid our taxes. Uh, we kept all of the laws, that the, the things that are required of us. And we didn't break any of these laws. We were just the model citizen. But let's say we just did one thing wrong. We uh, say we murdered somebody, and this is what he's talking about. And... Uh, we would have to pay the penalty for that one thing that we did wrong. No matter how many things we did good, we still did something wrong, and we would have to pay the penalty for that. And uh, so uh, we have to uh, remember then that if, that if we show partiality, uh, we are coming short, we're sinning, and the, that one thing, no matter how much of the law that we kept, if we show partiality, we're sinning and we're falling short of what God would have us to do. This is the wisdom of God in James uh, 3, verse 17. He said, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So, If we're wise, if we have the wisdom that God would give us, we are going to be full of mercy and good fruits. We'll not show partiality uh, to others as we oftentimes do as human beings. So, and this is not uh, something that is new, but back in Leviticus uh, 19, verse 15, he said, You shall do no injustice in judgment. They're not to do any kind of unrighteous judgment, you see. So and he goes on, he says, Ye shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. So we have to judge righteously. We have to, uh, when the, the way we look at people, it has to be based on the righteousness of our Heavenly Father, upon the way that he is shown us that we are to do it. In Moses, uh, when he gave the second law in Deuteronomy, the, uh, uh, the first chapter in the 17th verse there, he said, Ye shall not show partiality in judgment, 
You shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid in any man's presence, for the judgment is of God's. The case that is too hard for you, you uh, bring to me, and I will hear it. So Moses was sending other men out to be judges, and he has instructed them here that they are to be uh, not to show partiality in their judgment. Verse 10 and 11 of our text, he said, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. <clears throat> so, again, just think about the example that we had a while ago, that uh, if we keep the whole law and we stumble, we make one mistake, we're guilty of all. We still have to pay that penalty. And uh, he said that uh, uh, do not commit adultery. Also said do not murder. Now, if you commit adultery but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So uh, it's good that we follow the will of our Heavenly Father. And if we could keep all of his commandments, that would be perfect. But we are imperfect. We do sin. We do fall short of our Heavenly Father's glory. And so therefore, we have to realize that even if we just do the, the what would seem like a little thing to us to show partiality, uh, we would be uh, falling short of what the Heavenly Father would expect of us. Moses, he gave in Deuteronomy the 27th chapter, Moses uh, gave them a series of charges that, uh, that they had to keep. And they had to acknowledge and agree to each one by saying, uh, Amen. And there, and Moses said, <clears throat> Then Moses and the priest, the Levites, spoke to Israel and said, Take heed and listen, O Israel. This day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore you shall obey the voice of the Lord and observe his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. So they were to keep all of these things. And Moses goes on to give them 11 different charges that they are to, uh, to obey. And to each one of these charges, uh, they're to, to answer him and to say amen. That is, that they agree with that and acknowledge that law. And then down in the 26th verse, he goes down to the very last one here. He said, Cursed is the one who does not confirm all of the words of this law, and the people shall say amen. So the people had to agree, had to acknowledge the fact that they were to keep all of the law of Moses. And uh, so they <clears throat> knew then that, uh, that they would... Uh, that it was their responsibility to keep that law. And they should have realized after the years that they, uh, of the, the futility of trying to keep all of these laws and, uh, and constantly falling short, constantly having to uh, offer all of these sacrifices. And uh, so they taught the law, but they couldn't keep it. They needed something better. And so that brings us down to the 12th verse of James, the second chapter. He said, so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. 
and that's us today, that uh, <clears throat> we are going to be judged by the law of liberty. And James, he tells us uh, in his letter what this law of liberty is. In uh, uh, the James 1 and verse 18, he said of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So uh, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Uh, and it's talking here about the gospel of Christ. And it's because of the gospel of Christ that they were brought out of the world of sin, that they were brought into uh, uh, God's fold and uh, and into a Christian life. And uh, so they it was this gospel, you see, was part of this law of liberty. But it didn't stop there. In James 1 and verse 21, he goes on and he said, Therefore... Lay aside all of the filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So not only was it just the gospel, but there was that implanted word. All of the words of Christ that had been taught, all of the words that, that God had uh, uh, ordered man to do. And uh, we have all of these letters uh, in the New Testament and that's the implanted word there, this word that was spoken by Christ, the words that were spoken by his apostles. And we are to keep that. We are, that is our law. And in James 1 and verse 25, he said, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed. In what he does. So uh, we have to continue in this law of liberty. In the, the, uh, the message that God has given us. His implanted word. Uh, we're responsible to that word. We have to obey that word. Uh, it takes us in the direction that God wants us to go. And if we do that you see. Uh, and in the subject this evening on partiality, if we do not show this partiality, uh, we will be blessed in what we do. So it's important then that we fulfill our responsibility, that we know what our responsibility is, and we believe it, and we continue to do it, and, uh, and we don't forget about it. And in the 13th verse there, uh, he sums up this thought here. He said, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So the person that, uh, that shows no mercy uh, is going to face judgment. And uh, he said, and that person who never shows mercy uh, to anyone, that never shows love to anyone, uh, God will, he, he will never uh, receive the mercy from our heavenly father but he said mercy triumphs over judgment if we are a merciful person if we love and we uh, keep the Lord's commandments and uh, we show love to our fellow man and uh, uh, the, the faith that we have in Christ should move us to be a loving and kind and thoughtful to others and uh, Jesus gave us mercy we are to, uh, to extend mercy 
to others. You know, that second commandment, we're to love others as we love ourselves. We know how very important that that is to us today. But the golden rule is the application of that, that we do unto others as uh, we would have them do unto us. So if we want mercy from God, we have to show mercy and love and compassion uh, to others. These are the thoughts that I have this evening. If there's uh, someone in the assembly this evening that has a matter to bring before the congregation.